0: Welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler and with me is Court Winsor.
1: Hello, Katie.
0: And Cameron Spinn. I am here. Mr. TikTok star. What? <laughs> Check him out on TikTok. I'm just
2: trying to be like a, a Gen Zer. I'm trying to be cool. <laughs>
0: Okay, so uh, this episode is kind of going to be a little different. We're going to have fun. Uh, We're going to talk about what do you believe in?
1: Yes, it's going to be different. We're going to have fun. Normally, (laughs) people, we don't have fun.
0: (laughs) I didn't mean it that way. But no, it's just I'm going to put Cam and Court on the hot spot for this. I'm going to kind of ask them some questions. And so, you know, we always like to throw some pop culture in there and have a list. And so I challenged Court. I said, look, it's summer, there's movies. I mean that's just such a great debate on you know which movies you believe are the best. And so uh, you've you pulled two lists here, though. Court, you're a little overachiever here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I went and I found the list that I was gonna go with, and it was top 75 movies, uh, summer blockbuster movies ever, uh, of all time, as ranked by Rotten Tomatoes editorial. And I was going through it, and as I was getting closer and closer to the actual top 10, because what I was gonna do was suggest that we just like, point out some movies hey this isn't it crazy that this didn't even make it into the top 25 Uh, but not go through all 75 I was just going to go through like the top 25 but as I'm going through the top 25 I'm like what what (laughs) <laughs> what and i just like i kept you know there are movies that didn't make it into their top 25 like raiders of the lost ark i mean come on Wow. and, and again this list is best summer blockbusters not just the yeah. best movie of yeah. all summer time summer. because for instance i was at first i was a little bit peeved that uh one of my favorite movies didn't even make it onto the list and that is the matrix but the matrix came out in late March of 1999. Uh. And so I think that it's not technically a summer blockbuster, because even though the summer movie season basically starts around March nowadays, I guess they don't consider it a summer blockbuster unless it's released in May or later. I'm curious where the first blockbuster ranks on the list, Uh, being Jaws. Yeah, let's see. Are we going to the trash list first? (laughs) Just because this is such garbage. Okay, such such very much garbage. Um, We're going to do that. I'm going to just... Tell you real quick what their top ten is.
0: Okay, let's hear. Hit me.
1: It. Okay, so their top ten is number ten, Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope. Okay. Number nine, Star Trek, Ooh, the Star 2009 Trek. reboot, Star Trek. JJ Abrams Star Trek. Nine? Yes, what? yes, that is that is number nine. Number eight, The Dark Knight. Okay, okay, okay. I love The Dark Knight. I'm yeah. on board. Number seven, Finding Nemo. Number six, Up. They've got a they've got a thing for what? Pixar movies, guys. Number five, Alien. Okay. Number four, Toy Story 3. What? Another Pixar movie, you say? Yes, I do. Number three, Inside Out. Another Pixar movie. Four Pixar movies in the top ten summer blockbusters of all time. Number two. This is where I just was like, I I wanted to throw the list out the window. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road.
0: No, number two?
1: Number two. I mean,
0: that's a cool movie. It's like a really awesome costumes and stuff, <laughs> but
1: number two? And number one, I can actually get on board with this one, but number one, is, according to them, is E.T. the Extraterrestrial.
0: I mean, E.T.'s a good movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it was, listen, you have no idea. So,
0: Jaws isn't even in the top ten.
1: Jaws wasn't in the top ten. They, they put Star Trek, I mean, Star Wars A New Hope before Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, which arguably better movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark didn't make it into the top ten. I mean, I, the whole time I was just sitting here fuming.
0: Yeah, and so number fifteen, Ratatouille. They're all about these animated ones. Yeah, yeah. That's I, so I, what is wrong with these people? I
1: don't. I don't really understand it. And it didn't. They didn't. The just,
0: Avengers, number seventeen. Yeah, uh,
1: and it's the the Avengers. It's the original Avengers movie. How? None of the other Avengers movies even made it into the top seventy-five. Chicken so,
0: Run is twenty. Are you? Kidding are me? you? Yeah. Are you absolutely kidding me? I couldn't. Chicken be- Run. It beat airplane and ghostbusters yeah, on yeah. This, like, it's
1: ridiculous it's so we're not going this is with not this list. the list we're gonna go
0: with i mean oh who framed Roger rabbits on this list okay cool
1: okay so what we've done is i actually <laughs> went over to sci-fi and i found another list sci-fi just gave us the top 50 and they did when you
0: it. don't like what you find on a list then you just go with somebody you list. believe find another
1: list so i just went and found sci-fi's top 50 movies of all time, uh, summer blockbuster movies of all time. And they did it a little different. They didn't rank them. They just said, here are the 50. We love them all so much, we're going to give them to you in chronological order. And I think that that's a better way to do it. (laughs) I
0: like that, because I keep hearing all this buzz of like, Top Gun Maverick, which, I mean, it's an incredible movie, but they're talking about the biggest summer blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Well, in every year, like most of the time, it's the biggest one ever because things get more expensive, more people are going to the movies. So how can you really compare something put out in 2022 to something put out in 1975
1: yeah I, I i mean okay so little lead in and then we'll get right to the list and we're just going to round robin this we'll get through as many as we can before we decide that we're out of time <laughs> okay i think i feel like we almost one of us should start at the end of the list just so we get because it is in chronological order you don't want to just give them the top 25 up until 1990 or whatever But, okay, so for those of you that don't know, the idea of a summer blockbuster was basically kicked off with the release of Jaws in 1975, Mm. Steven Spielberg's big explosion onto the scene of movies, and with that release, Jaws was a huge, huge summer hit, and movie production companies started focusing on the summer as a good time to release big, Big event movies that everybody would go see over and over and over again. And now we have summer blockbusters. The most impressive part was Steven Spielberg and the producers thought Jaws was going to flop
2: because it was just a nightmare of a production. Their shark never worked. Mm -hmm. That's why you barely see it in the movie until the end. And it turns out that's a pretty good tactic for building suspense.
1: Well, I mean, and if you think about it, basically what that kind of tells me is they wanted a place to dump the movie. So they thought of the summer as a a bad time for movies, but... It is where people focus their action popcorn movie sort of event (laughs) movies. It is not, it is not, you don't release your Oscar bait in the summer. You release your, your big tent pole. This is going to make us a lot of money movies.
0: Okay. So chronological order for this list. You said Jaws. Yeah. Okay. Next one is Star Wars. New Hope
1: Yep Which I mean again uh, 1977 We've gone over Star Wars A million times Great movie I was four years old I was not even actually four When Star Wars came out But I remember Going and seeing it In the theater It was a big deal. Number three on the list is
2: 1979's Alien, directed by Ridley
1: Scott. Yes. Terror in the dark. Yes, it was, uh, I I don't remember that movie. I (laughs) I was not allowed to see it when it came out. It was scary. (laughs) Number four, Friday the 13th. The original Friday the 13th was Jason's mom. Uh, She was a disgruntled mother whose child had died in a a drowning accident at a camp. And she was basically going on a streak of holy terror and killing everybody. (laughs) But uh, see, part of the reason that I like this list is because Friday the 13th didn't even make it onto that other top 75 list. It's not even on there. And you know, it's- It's an
0: iconic horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, number five, another Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, 1980.
1: Correct. Number six, here it is, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Number seven, E.T., came out in 1982.
0: Okay, how does this keep working? Number eight, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Get the Star Wars
1: girl. <laughs> Number nine, the Karate Kid. Wax See? on, wax, wax off. The yes. Karate Kid <laughs> didn't even make the other to, the other list. It's uh, just mind blowing. They had too many, too many spots reserved for Pixar. They might as well have just made their whole list. Hey Pixar Court movies. Who
0: are you gonna call? Goosebusters. Yeah. <laughs> <Da-na-na-na-na>. <laughs> uh Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom.
1: Number twelve, Gremlins.
0: Don't feed feed them after dark. Or Night. after midnight. Why did I think that was
2: a Christmas movie?
1: Uh because it it based during Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Uh The Goonies. Yes, Goonies. Awesome movie.
0: Back to the Future, 1985.
1: Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Jim Cameron's Aliens.
0: Stand by Me, nineteen eighty six.
1: The original Top Gun,
2: nineteen
0: eighty six. For that year, nineteen eighty six.
2: Whoa. That's a good year for that's movies. That's a great year.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. The Lost Boys, nineteen
1: eighty seven. Oh, sweaty saxophone guy. <laughs> Who remembers sweaty saxophone yep. guy? 1987 also, RoboCop. I went to see that in the theater with my mother. <laughs> that's, that's not necessarily a, a, a movie that you no. want to sit and watch with your mother. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Rick Moranis, 1989. Oh. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I just jumped right over you, You're Katie. Fine. I got real excited about Go that movie. Ahead.
0: Go <laughs> ahead. Um, okay, I'll take Ghost, 1990. It's oh. so iconic scene. I love. <laughs> also in
1: 1990, Total Recall. Uh, 1991, another Jim Cameron movie makes the list. It's Terminator 2, All Judgment back. Day.
0: Uh, Batman Returns, 1992. Uh, Oh, this is the one with Penguin, Danny DeVito, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes.
1: I, I guess it's not. Batman, the original Batman, didn't make it onto the list. Yeah, because is... it would have come in chronological order. It would have come before Batman 2, Batman Returns. I didn't like Batman Returns as much as the apparently they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It was gross. We
0: can agree to disagree. That's right.
2: right. I'm so happy I get number 27. The first movie I ever saw in theaters
1: when I was five years old, Jurassic Park, 1995. Oh,
0: terrifying as a child. Okay, The Lion King, 94.
1: True Lies, 94. Well, another Jim Cameron movie. This is the
0: movie that I introduced Cam to how Jamie Lee Curtis is a babe. That's
2: right. <laughs> I w- you just thought I was she shook. was the... He was too stunned to respond. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> uh, 1995, Apollo 13.
0: 30, number 31, Twister, 96. Love this movie. Yep.
1: Independence Day. Will Smith. Welcome I've, to Earth.
0: I watched this last night and forgot Harry Connick Jr. was in it. <laughs> forgot all about that.
2: Yeah, they, they do the whole, yeah. Yep. <laughs> 1997, Men in Black.
0: Oh, I think I saw that like a million times in theater because that came out the same year as the next one. I'll just go ahead and take it. The Lost World Jurassic Park. And I think like I didn't want, I was scared of that or something. And so I kept seeing Men in Black.
1: Okay, their 35th movie on the list of the top 50 best of all time, Blade, 1999. You know they're remaking Blade. It's, oh. it's about to come out with a new one. It's This Blade will be tied into the MCU. That's so. right. oh, I'm excited. Is. I got this on a list we did recently, The Sixth Sense. <laughs> I yes. I that
0: video. The Blair Witch Project, 1999. I am so scared. <laughs> Number
1: 38, Gladiator.
0: This movie was awesome.
1: See? Okay. Mm.
0: I haven't watched it as an adult, though. Like, I've watched it in 2000 and thought it was just so cool.
1: I mean, it was a cool movie. It, a lot of people thought it was just one of the greatest movies of all time. And I'm, I, I'm not it's not up in more. my top 10 at all. But. See,
2: that's the Russell Crowe that's in my memory. And then I just saw the new Thor, and that is not the same Russell Crowe at <laughs> all.
0: Oh, I haven't seen the new Thor yet. <laughs> Something.
1: Mm. Oh, number 39, Shrek, the original. Hell,
0: 2001. Yeah. Uh, 2002, Minority Report.
1: 2002 as well Spider-Man this would have been the Tobey Maguire version number 42 Batman Begins that was the first movie of the new trilogy yes, uh-huh. yes. Uh,
0: 2008 The Dark Knight yes 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 oh, they
1: jumped over there must not have been any good movies that came out 2006 Six 2007 because they just jumped straight from 05 to 08 Number 44 is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, 2011. Oh. Now, the reason you don't see more Harry Potter movies on here summer movies. and or Lord of the Rings movies is because they were they were both, uh, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter were both more christmas time movies. That's yeah. right. Part
2: 1 was a winter movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. All right, number 45, The Avengers, 2012.
0: 46, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes.
2: Yes. Number 47, Jurassic World.
0: I feel like every Jurassic Park movie is on here.
2: Yeah, there's a theme I'm seeing here. Number 48, Wonder
1: Woman, which was a good movie.
0: Mm -hmm. 49, Avengers Endgame.
1: Thank you. Just to close it out, you mentioned it earlier, Katie. They're saying the number 50 is Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, and again, this
0: this was an order by year. They picked the top 50 movies, and then they just put them in order by year, so they weren't ranking the best.
1: The biggest
2: theme I saw here was James Action. Cameron, George Lucas, mm. Steven Spielberg.
1: Well, this was a that, list you, done by sci-fi. You so, think about movies that know. way and
0: you you identify and you believe in those producers, those directors. and
1: I mean, you know, maybe one or two of those Pixar movies make it into my top 50, but certainly not into my top 10.
0: Okay, I think it's also, it kind of segues into what I'm going to do for you guys today. Okay, great. So, there is, you know, we've talked about the behavioral and that there's a lot of psychology behind money and how you don't realize it, but your patterns and behaviors and your value of what you think of money starts as a kid. Same with these movies, like... If you grew up in a household that valued seeing movies, then you're going to have a different opinion versus someone who would just go occasionally. So you may be a Star Wars family or an Avengers family or Jurassic Park family, or you may have been where you were only allowed to go see cartoons. So you may like the list that's like up and all those different cartoon movies. I'm going to do an episode that really dives into money scripts. Before I got into that, um, I'm doing this master's program about behavioral finance, and there's these exercises that you can do with clients, with yourself, that's kind of round robin trying to figure out like, what do you identify with money? And it's not just of what do you think of money, but it kind of pushes you to challenge and find out at the end of it, what are your money scripts? And money scripts is jargon for what are your money beliefs? Like, how do you value things? What do you think about it? What is the behavior around them? Because it's an unconscious belief that supports everything. And it starts as a kid, it's patterned off of the direct and indirect relationship that your parents, your significant others, your, you know, even influential people in your life how they impressed upon you. And a lot of times it's just, it's it's habit. You don't even realize that you have these certain beliefs until you start diving a little bit deeper. You know, in this day and age, everyone's so hung up on what does your horoscope say? Or what does your Enneagram number tell you? And you kind of it of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a three enneagram, so when I'm doing all these things, like look, see, I can show you an Instagram post that says it's it's justified. That's what I do because I'm a three, right? Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> so these all these money scripts can lead to your behaviors and your habits, and so I'm going to put you guys through this questionnaire. And uh, just to make it fair, these guys have not seen the questions at all. I just want you to like spit it out, and not think about it. So we'll take turns. So. Court ego first, and then cam, and vice versa. Complete these sentences, and I want this to be stream of consciousness. Okay, complete these sentences. What do you believe? Wealthy people got that way by...
2: Working hard. Inheritance.
0: (laughs) Poor people are poor because...
2: They don't try hard enough.
1: They're unlucky.
0: Rich people are rich because...
1: Working hard. (laughs) Inheritance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Parents owe their children...
1: Nothing. Nada.
0: Okay, I'll agree on that one. Adult children owe their parents... Uh,
1: love and respect.
2: <laughs> A little bit of care and when they're uh, wrapping up their life.
0: Successful family members owe their less successful relatives...
1: Nothing. Nothing.
0: Only the poor can...
1: Not afford things. <laughs> I mean, only the poor can? Only the poor can, um, I don't know, not be fortunate. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Okay, only the rich can afford gas.
1: <laughs> really? Give give away money? <laughs>
0: okay. Financially, I'm entitled to?
1: Financially, I'm entitled to? Nothing. I'm, I'm entitled to whatever I earn.
0: Okay. Financially, I don't deserve?
1: Ooh, other people's money. You, you sure. like you, financially, yeah. you feel
0: like you don't deserve handouts. Right. Okay. In terms of giving, I believe I?
1: Should share the wealth. I should give. Uh, yes, I should probably give more than I do.
0: One should never spend money for...
1: Stupid things. Drugs and hookers? <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: One should always spend money for... If you say drugs and hookers again, that's going to be <laughs> wrong.
2: The greater good of humanity. Um, food. Hey.
0: <laughs> you can choose if you want to answer this one or not. The relationship between God and money is...
2: Is it a one-word answer?
0: And be a phrase.
2: Tithing. I believe in tithing. Yes. Okay. Goes towards the church and that goes towards good things. I'll say inextricable. Fancy.
1: Mm.
0: The relationship between love and money is
1: strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's verifiably <laughs> yeah. very verifiably linked. Money makes life so easy. I'm, oh, I, I, that
0: is a particular okay. money script that we will discuss okay. on the next episode. I know,
2: I know money can be evil; you can become obsessed with it, but money makes life so much easier. Okay, I'm done.
0: See, but not everyone thinks that way. Ooh. The dumbest thing someone can do with money is
2: spend it all quickly. Um, yeah, run through it.
0: The smartest thing someone can do with money is
2: invest. <laughs> invest.
0: What I would want my children to understand about money is
1: it doesn't grow on trees. It makes the world go round. <laughs>
0: You can trust your money too.
1: Are they looking for a person or
0: a... I think you can like,
2: trust your money to buy things. Yeah. You can trust your
0: money to be there for you. Or you can trust your money to uh, always disappoint you. I mean, it's there's different phrase, ways you can go you with that. You can
1: trust your... Yeah, I mean, you and can...
0: Because tr- the next one is never trust your money to...
1: Solve your problems. Make me happy.
0: Yep. Those are both great ones. What I am teaching my children about money is...
1: It doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> you have... <laughs> saving is good.
0: The best way to help my children financially is...
1: Teach them to work hard. Yeah, not buy them everything.
0: The rich don't deserve to have money because...
1: That statement is a non-starter. If they deserve it, they deserve it. If they, if they got it by appropriate means, then of course they deserve it. And if they didn't get it by appropriate means, then they don't deserve it. Yeah. Like, are we answering is like, I mean, like, if we're just, people? if we're, yeah, if we're just categorizing rich people all together, none of them deserve it. Then I don't agree with that statement. Katie's like, shut up and answer.
0: No, I mean, this, this is part of what we're going to discuss on the next episode, because everyone has a different definition of what is rich, what is poor, how do you view giving, how. How do you value? Do you work to live, live to work? You know, it's some people have the, there's never going to be enough money. They've got to keep chasing after that carrot and they're never going to catch it. But they, you know, there's different... Ideas about it, but it's not as simple as how do you view money? It is how you were raised, the traumas that may or may not have happened in your life. And that's what kind of this questionnaire is. A lot of it's asking y'all, y'all are answering the same way, but it's getting you to think in different ways about the views of the rich versus poor versus what you identify. And it goes into the bigger thing of like someone will come and say, Oh, I, I, I only have a little bit of money to invest. Everyone's definition of a little bit of money is very different. Mm-hmm. To one person, a little bit of money could be five hundred thousand dollars. To another, it could be ten thousand. Wow, well, yeah,
1: then it's for the me, frame it's of reference.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone who grew up in a very poor family who just you know made ends meet and that's it. Them saving up a thousand dollars is a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, someone who has been very privileged, then yeah, if they've inherited the money, they may not have been taught the value. And so that's where our estate planning episode we talked about how quickly they run through their money because they do not have a strong enough belief in the value of the dollar.
1: Yeah, I was I was going I was reading through a list of memes about how workers are, are- downtrodden and so forth and evil bosses and that kind of thing. And one of the, it was, like I said, it was a list of memes, but one of the memes was a a list of, like, the top paid CEOs. And Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos was the, the high, according to this list. And it was a meme, so you've got to take it with a grain of salt. It may be completely you know non fact mm-hmm. based but according to this meme it, not only is he the highest paid ceo but his pay is over 200 million dollars a year wow that is astronomical that is that would make a person that would make a person just i have to think that if you've got that kind of money coming to you every single year that money is just no object. I mean, really, literally, you know, when you hear the, the phrase, money is no object. When you've got that kind of money, money is no object to you.
0: But it's it's those situations. I mean, obviously, that's an extreme amount of money. But you think about these athletes or celebrities that have so much money, but then yet you hear about them making bad choices. Oh, yeah. And they're in trouble. And I think I saw, like, I forgot who it was. Somebody that Robert Downey Jr. is trying to help him out now. Hammer? Archie Hammer or something?
1: Uh, Army Ar-
0: Hammer. Army Hammer. Yeah. yeah.
2: The cannibalist.
0: Yeah. This exercise, and there's one more I want to kind of do real quick. Uh, this was just to show you there's not a right or wrong answer, it's just kind of get you to think. And so, from this, then I took away that both of you very much can value giving to the church and making sure that you're teaching the values. Both of you agree on working hard and not expecting handouts, and so that is definitely values that you have picked up your entire life and that have stuck with you that you're then passing to your children.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think it's very important that, that everybody who is listening to me right now understand that I will accept Handouts. I just, (laughs) I don't. You don't expect it. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a sin to believe that you are entitled to handouts. For sure, that makes me queasy. Yeah. I want more questions, Katie.
2: This is fun.
0: So money scripts. You know, that's something that's really embedded in you, and so a lot of it is triggering. How this whole this whole podcast we talk about money is associated with everything, and so there's this list on here that someone is to write a brief statement about what you believe about money and. And so it's money in religion, money Mm. in death, money in fathers, money in government, money in insurance, in depression, marriage, sex, security, employers, employees, sadness, anger, debt, love, education, wives, evil. I did not mean to put wives and evil right next to each other. (laughs) The mega rich, taxes. You know, because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm not going to pay my taxes. I'm going to avoid it. God, the stock market, corruption, credit cards. And then they've got in here some options. This one was kind of interesting. Mother Teresa versus Bill Gates. Okay. Have you done this one before, Cam?
2: No, I don't know what this is.
0: Okay. So this one is that Mother Teresa and Bill Gates have contributed to the betterment of humanity. Who do you think has the most important contribution to humanity? Mother Teresa or Bill Gates?
2: (sighs) That's tough. You initially want to go to Mother Teresa because she's saintly. You know, you always hear about mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. but Bill Gates really advanced technology. And I just read last week that he is giving away all of his money before yeah. he dies to charities, mm-hmm. like yeah. just giving it away. So that's
0: tough. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what? I think I'm going to go with Bill Gates because there's a technology aspect there.
0: You went through the thought process because everyone feels like, and that's part of Diving deeper with these money scripts, is that a lot of times we give the answers that we think people want to hear and that if we say bill gates then we seem money driven and hunger and power hungry but mother teresa did incredible things but bill gates gave jobs opportunities technology is giving back is doing good and just because he is backed behind a corporation we sometimes put a negative connotation on that And so that's you went through the exact exercise of looking at the difference between the two of them. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, plus I watched a documentary about Bill Gates, and he has been working for decades on solving the clean water crisis in India. He seems like a good dude.
0: Okay, imagine that you walk into a room. On your left sits all the love and peace you and your loved ones could ever use. On the right sits all the money that you and your loved ones could ever use. What choice do you make and why?
1: Hmm. Is there a middle room with a little bit of money? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, You know... I can always earn money, but I am intimately familiar with lack of love and lack of peace. Not necessarily, I mean, you know, kids, I know you listen. Robin, I know you listen. Uh, I'm not talking like y'all, <laughs> y'all don't love me or anything like that. I'm just, feelings of of loneliness and feelings of despair and feelings of a lack of peace are can be just extraordinarily devastating. So to have all of that that you could possibly wish for for your family, that would solve so many problems that I feel like we would be able to make the money thing. We'd be able to figure that one out on our own. Yeah.
2: I I agree with court. If if family, which is super important to me and peace are guaranteed, I'm taking that all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you'll see in the next episode when we talk about it, the difference is the one that drives towards the money are the people that are fearful that there's never enough money, that no matter what they do, they're never going to be able to find enough money. So they will sacrifice peace and love In order to make sure they're financially secure but you look at i mean everything tells us that money doesn't buy happiness money can help you get to goals can help you have nice things and do nice things but at the end of the day if you're not happy and have peace and love then money doesn't matter okay the last one on here um if someone were to say to you i love money what are the first four words that come to your mind that would describe what kind of person he or she is
1: the four words that describe a person who just told me i love money yep reasonable um, I, I mean i guess it, i you know i, I guess it kind of depends on how they say it, say it you know if if the guy's like yeah i love money you know sure okay well there are a lot of people that do love money because money can can buy you a whole lot of good stuff but if somebody were to say to me i love money <laughs> i would be like well you're <laughs> Get back to your cave, Gollum. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So, I I mean,
0: you may think their priorities are out of whack. Yeah.
1: It it depends on how the statement is made to me. But generally speaking, a person, I think a person saying, I love money, um, I I don't necessarily interpret that as negative. So, I think it's reasonable. Possibly they're speaking in hyperbole, so they're hyperbolic. I'm trying to think of four words, that's two. Uh,
2: (laughs) Human, materialistic, reasonable.
1: Mm -hmm. It wasn't that one of
2: your words, I would agree with that. I'm kind of torn with it. It's like, I kind of want to say desperate and the other part of me is like, yeah, I
1: mean, I I like money too. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a, 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 we have behind Katie's head, we have statues of Scrooge McDuck (laughs) and I can't. Holding so much money. Yeah, and he he is obviously, if you say, if Scrooge McDuck were to say to me, I love money, I'd be like, you're greedy, you're a miser, you're whatever. But that's different when it's Scrooge McDuck saying it to me versus, you know, one of my kids is like, I love money. I'm going to be like, yeah, you do.
2: (laughs) Does it change? What would your word be if a homeless man came up to you when you rolled your window down and said, I love money? Huh.
1: I'd be like, okay.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, this is the concept that people do not discuss this at all. And that's where I really kind of want to dive deeper and explain to you guys some of these things that I'm learning because I'm learning a lot about myself going through this process of why you identify the way you do with money, why you have the work ethic you have, because yeah, money does make the world go round and whether you have it or you don't, you are all connected to money. And that's where I know we had a client come in a while ago and he says he wants to not be um, confined by money, not be restrained by money, I guess is what he was trying to talk about. And that it's kind of one of those, well, you can't avoid it. Money's everywhere. And so you might as well face it that, you know, you're in a relationship with your significant other, but you're in a relationship with money, whether you like it or not. So you might as well define it and figure out exactly how are you standing here. I'm going steady. You courting what's happening here Mm -hmm. because it's there and you better face it. And the reason why you want to face these money scripts and figure out what are your hangups? What are what's holding you back? What's keeping you from moving forward? Or what's making you be a impulsive spender? Because there I will tell you, there is a money script that um I'll go ahead and tell you what it is, that it's me to the T, <laughs> you know, the I deserve to spend money comment. And it's in this you think, oh, it's a selfish person, but it's can be sprinted to, I deserve to spend money on people I care about. And sometimes not focusing on your own and just focusing on I work hard. I make money. Now, I feel like I should share it with people. And that can be detrimental to yourself. But having that awareness of knowing this is who you are. And this there's a reason why you believe these things because of your parents, your grandparents, a job you had, a trauma you had. And so I think it's kind of peaceful in a way that you can look at these things and look at these different understandings of money and go, okay, I'm not alone. There are other people that think the same way as I do that, mm. that would answer the same questions like you guys did. So I it's exciting stuff.
2: I had an epiphany when I was answering all these questions, and Court was too. Like It seemed like there was a negative connotation, even with my own answers, of like wanting money or enjoying money. Even though that is like the goal of humanity, whether you like it or not, Like make a lot of money, save it, invest it, enjoy it. It just seemed like icky while I was answering. Did you feel the same way or? No, I didn't really feel icky. I I felt guilty. I don't know why, but I I was like.
0: You'd probably be the, I don't deserve money. Money script. I deserve money, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> no, but it's it's. And I agree. Yeah. Because too many people, and like I, I put you on the public spot. I asked you, and you're broadcasting this out into the world. Yeah, and, very vulnerable. Yeah, and so it's one of those. And I knew that going that these are things that you should do privately. You should do with an advisor. You should do with your spouse. And you know, you sit there and go through marriage counseling. This is the thing to make sure you're on the same page. And if you're not on the same page, address that because. Questions in there like, what do you expect from children? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's if one person expects to have the child take care of them when they're older and the other one wants to leave them money, that's two totally different things. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's just asking yourself these questions and, and knowing that there's not a right or wrong answer to any of these at all. That's the thing. Like, it's who you are. You are identified by your beliefs and your relationship with money. And it's a personal, private relationship. And obviously you would want to share that probably with your advisor so they can guide you to still reach your goals. But it all wraps around that if you don't understand your relationship with money, then it's going to make it very hard for you to move forward with your goals. You're not going to be able to until you take a step back and identify, hey, this is what's wrong with me. Same thing going to the doctor. You're not going to get better until you take a step to diagnose the problem. And I'm not saying that any of these scripts are problems. It's just having that awareness of knowing. And it's kind of like one of those of everyone admits like, oh, I know I'm a procrastinator. That's just who I am. Or I know that I'm going to wait till the last minute to do an assignment. I'm going to never fill my tank up with gas. Yeah. I know that. So the only person who can be mad about it is me. Mm-hmm. But that's just who I am. So it's we all admit these hangups, but we don't ever take the time to admit our money belief hangups.
2: That's true. It reminds me of taking the Enneagram test. It's hard to take that test and not answer how you want to be portrayed. Yep. You have to be very yeah. raw and just like top of your head. Yeah. And that was like your money
1: questions. I was just like, okay, what is the first yeah. thing that comes out? Yeah. And of course, I I, I overthink everything. So yeah. I'm like, well, it depends, you know. It, but y- you know that 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 Enneagram test. I've I've taken it so many times, and I still I continually get a different number depending on you know it, it's it's between a couple of numbers. It's always it bounces back and forth between two specific numbers most of the time. But I have never gotten. A definitive answer on which which number actually fits me better, and it's probably partially because I, you know, I kind of change my mm-hmm. answers back and forth. You know, it depends. What's what's this question really asking?
0: Kind of is my bullseye slash full transparency. I am gonna read you the titles of the top ten money script identifiers, but I'm going to tease you because then the next episode will actually break all of them down.
1: So this episode is just, this is just straight up one big teaser trailer for <laughs> next For next. So week. you're saying there's a part two.
0: There's a part two. <laughs> Sweet. Fantastic. Okay, top ten list of the money scripts. One, more money will make things better. Yes. Two, money is bad. No. Three, I don't deserve money. No. Four, I deserve to spend money. Yes. Five, well, there will never be enough money. No. six, there will always be enough money. Seven, money is unimportant. Eight, money will give me meaning. Nine, it's not nice or necessary to talk about money. Ten, if you are good, the universe will supply all you need.
2: There's karma right there.
0: <laughs> so you can see there's a broad variety of things. But so what was that
1: number one one again? The
0: number, well, this it's just the top.
1: Two. No, I know. But More
0: money will make things better.
1: That's about the only one I agree with. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's a, that's a, I think if I land in any of these scripts, I think that's probably the one I would land in.
0: Yeah. I, and it's, I'm... it's, we're going to dive deeper into money avoidance, money worship, mm. money status. It sounds and, like an
1: awesome episode. Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to do this
0: one? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's coming soon. Okay. But I think that, I don't know about you guys, but when I read this, like I was thinking of either how I identify with these money scripts or thinking of other people that I'm like, yep, that's, they're, they're number three or they're number 6 mm-hmm. So uh, you'll uh, through this, you'll find that it's people that you know, or people you and yourself that you can see. Yeah, and maybe you'll pick which enneagram money script number you want to be.
1: <laughs> and I mean, you know, maybe maybe it's not fair of me, but I do like, for instance, the uh, there's never enough money. When I think of like the billionaires out there, people like Bezos and um, uh-huh. what what's the guy from. Tesla, um, Musk. Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah, I I think I'm I'm stereotyping them, but I'm I'm thinking that they probably are very much sort of like, there's never enough money. They're always going after more money. They're Mm -hmm. always doing whatever the next thing is that's going to get them more money. And then, you know, but I don't necessarily think of Bill Gates the same way because he's trying to get rid of all his money. It's a conundrum. Like I said, everybody has a
0: totally different relationship with money and nobody really knows all of that. You have to take control and you have to know what your relationship is.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to the to the next episode. I'm I want to I want to talk about this more. Um, I don't really have a bullseye for this episode because um, I was I was a guinea pig. <laughs> I was a test subject. So I, I
0: appreciate you guys being put on the spot. Let
1: me let me just say that uh, that there have been two things playing back in my head over and over and over again through throughout this episode, and uh, it's related to the word money. Uh, we've been saying it over and over and over again, and so here's here's my funny little quirk um i have had the song money changes everything by cindy lauper going through my head uh, pretty much on on replay but combined with there is a, a a a scene in *You've Got Mail* where Tom Hanks sits down on a sofa, and his character's father is is in the room, and they're talking. And Tom Hanks says, "What material is this?" And Dabney Coleman plays his father, and Dabney Coleman says, "Money." And he says, "What?" And Dabney Coleman goes, "That's the name of the material. It's called money." <laughs> and so I've had those two things going through my head the entire episode.
0: Okay, so that is Court's relationship with money. <laughs> <laughs> you got know a bullseye, Cam
2: does having money make life easier sure yeah it does but does the lack of it or the excess of it like define how good of a person you are i don't think so i don't think it makes you happy just having money alone right but it makes life easy so i don't know if that's really a bullseye i'm just this is helping me kind of think through it like i feel shame (laughs) from my answers early on
0: (laughs) no shame i told you there is no right or wrong answers and it's And I think that's what's cool about this is that if I was to have asked this of both of y'all five years ago, it probably would have been different answers versus if I ask you these same questions 10 years from now, you're going to have different answers. And that's where your beliefs are constantly changing and there's reasons behind it. You just have to keep asking yourself these questions and try and strive to understand your relationship. And if you are in a romantic relationship making sure you understand their beliefs because that you've heard several of our episodes of financial infidelity like obviously if you have two people with totally different money beliefs then it could be catastrophic
1: yes i yeah i can see that but on a
0: fun note go check out these uh these blockbuster movies yeah Yeah.
1: i still have to see top gun (laughs) maverick while it's still in theaters hopefully i've been trying to get robin to go with me for like weeks now and we just you know at the end of the day we're just tired we don't want to go to the movies Oh, what do you know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? There's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. It's a, it's a two parter. But uh, if you'd like to find out more about me or Katie or Cameron, you feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. Uh, you can leave us some comments. You can suggest topics that you want to hear us talk about. You can throw a movie out there that didn't make our list. Uh, you can, you know, do anything you want. Uh, check us out. Um, we also have pictures on the Instagram. Our handle is at Bullcast Podcast, And we have Twitters. We do the tweets on at Bullcast Podcast as well. Uh, finally, Katie, Cameron, and I all work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors, a financial advisory firm. And if you'd like to find out more about our firm, what we do, about our amazing team, and our boss, David Pickler, then please feel free to go to that website. That's PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's Advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to go forth and be merry. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we out.